Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, September 24th, 2021, episode number 200. Woohoo! All this time, it's all you've wanted to do. You, this is it. It's 200. Yeah, we made it to 200. It's like a race. Is it? Two hundred. That's all. That's that's Big commitment thing. right there, brother. It is. Two hundred. Starts with a two now. Yeah. It was single digits. Then it went to start with a one. Now it starts with a two. I don't know a lot that's of three-digit twos. Um, but yeah, no, two hundred, man. We we're gonna do it up pretty special on this one. We're actually doing this live, uh, full end to end for our patrons. Show beginning to Vide- end. Video. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You can see us. Look. Hi guys. Oh hi. Not everybody. If you're not a patron, you can't see us. Hey, you should not become yet. a patron if you're not a patron because it's fun, right, patrons? Yay! Yeah. Did you hear them all? Yeah. Um, my, my earphones got loud there for a second. But they're actually going to see all this live. And when this is an experiment, this is the first time that we're trying this. Hopefully, we'll get better and better. We'll we'll improve it every time we do it. But a um, little experiment here. We're going to have some fun with it. We've uh, Earlier today, we recorded a couple interviews, and uh, we're going to let them rip here in full end-to-end episode. Um do you want to talk about our first guest here? Well, our first one is our first ever. Uh, <laughs> what? No, you're absolutely it's right. Ever, it's our first ever we had. Yeah. Back when I was in, the, not the room that you're in right now, but the room just to the other side of the hallway. Right next door. Yeah. And we called this guy. We and did. I don't know why we picked, I don't know why we picked Briar, but uh, he was willing and he's always, always willing to answer the phone if we call him up. Uh, and he was our 100th, and he now he's our 200th. Yeah. We're talking about the current champ, two-time and defending champion, looking to be the ninth guy to ever be a three-time, three-in-a-row champion. It could happen in a couple weeks at Charlotte. We're talking about the number one, Briar Bauman. Briar, what's going on? Not much, man. Just hanging out. We got a long break between Sacramento and Charlotte, so trying to stay motivated. But yeah, just hanging really. That's all you can do right now, really. So I just want to say thanks for taking the time. You are our first guest, our 100th guest, and now you're our 200th guest here on Off the Groove. Thanks for making time for us, and the royalty check is in the mail. <laughs> we got to keep the tradition alive, right? I mean, I'll be here for Absolutely. three, hopefully. So, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I live a ways out here, so I'm sure that the check will be, be coming in any any minute now. So I'll uh, I'll be checking for it. Does it come through horseback? How's it work out there? Uh, by bird, actually. So we're uh, I'm waiting <laughs> on my owl. Right on. So what's I I I, I got to ask you this. Shana posted a picture of you kind of sitting in the dark, looking out the window. Are you watching your deer eat? What What were you doing? Yeah, she hammered me on that one, actually. We have like a little bit, it's not a field, we just have our backyard, really. It's a little bit bigger um, here at our house, and the deer will cruise through, and I attempted to plant a food plot at one time, and uh, and there's, it was it was a, a failure, but dudes had a little bit of like clover growing back there, so the deer will come in and they'll eat it uh, pretty much every night, so I just hang out and I watch them. I, uh, I'm a big deer hunter, so... I was just like, they could see us inside with the lights on, and I was like, hey, Shay, shut the lights off. They don't like that. So she was uh, she was like, what do you mean they don't like that? I'm, I'm not too concerned what they like or don't like. And I'm like, well, I, I do care, you know? So shut them off. But she was, uh, she was a trooper about it. 
can you can you hunt right there at your property or do you have to follow them to where they go and hunt there you know somewhere else no nah, so i could technically hunt in my backyard um we have a small five acres here at our house and if i wanted to i could um i don't really uh hunt here in pennsylvania actually um our property is just small enough that i i will go out sometimes and more so just sit to be to be out but i uh i don't have quite enough property to to really expand i guess i would say or Sometimes the deer, will, they're, they're just tough, basically, here in Pennsylvania. So I normally go to Illinois to my parents. They have a lot of property that we hunt. And me and Shane every year go uh, go out there about around the 1st of November, and and we'll hunt in Illinois. So I can, but I don't really. I more so just Shane calls them my pets. So you mentioned the long break. I counted. It's 26 days between Sacramento and Charlotte. Do you, um, first of all, do you like the breaks in, in our race season? And... How is this break different than breaks in the past? I hate it. I uh, I've been really vocal in all of my podium interviews, all of my everything I've ever done. I I hate the breaks. I think it's I think it's bad for the sport. I think it's bad for the fans. Um, I think it's bad for the racers. Everyone enjoys uh, rhythm, and it's hard to follow when you lose like when you when you have weekends off and people kind of get sucked into other other maybe sports or activities or whatever it may be so i'm kind i'm actually kind of bummed because we have a really really close championship uh battle right now and i think that we don't have the attention on it that we do because or that we should or we deserve because we've had so many long periods of time that fans have had the opportunity to kind of doze off a little bit so uh and then obviously this one is a lot different than most of them um we had a seven-week break at the beginning of the year between Volusia and Atlanta, I think, and points weren't as crucial as they are right now. So uh, 26 days between losing the points lead and then having the opportunity to take it back is, uh, is a long time. So you, you, you brought up the, the, the break where we, we've talked about it. With, without looking at the overall point standings, I think this is possibly your best year of your career. I mean, you, you got three wins. You've won two mission challenges. You've been on the podium every race, but two a worst finish of six at New York. So, are you are you happy with where you're at? You know, this year so far with with one more goal to to, to win the championship. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's so hard. Uh, the racing is so much closer right now um, than it's ever been. I think, or not ever, but over the last couple of years, like I've had more wins in years past, but a lot of guys that uh, that weren't that were maybe on a different brand motorcycle that weren't quite as competitive are now on, on good bikes and it's kind of closed things up. So it like one of the frustrating things that me and my team talked about over the last couple of weeks, like the last four miles is, uh, it's me personally, like obviously I won Indy last year, both days, but I feel like these last four miles have been some of my best racing craft, like racing and race craft that I've ever had. I've, I've never, kind of picked apart a race before and and i feel like the last four miles i have and i've been there and obviously the three where jared won by 27 seconds or whatever um is beside <laughs> the point me with everyone else i was right in the mix and honestly like before um in years past either i just kind of got into second and kind of broke away from the guys behind me and then jared beat me by a ways or i got shuffled back and didn't do anything so yeah i mean it's it's hard because i've I remember Chris Carr giving me a little bit of uh, advice. Like you, you learn more about who you are as a racer and your race craft on, on the weekends that you're not winning. And I think that's been the case. Like I've had a lot of weekends and even the weekends that I've won, I think that 
I haven't won by a large margin at all this year, I don't think. And in years past, I've won by 12 seconds. So it's kind of the wins have meant a little bit more just because I can, when I get done, I kind of, I kind of know what I thought about through the race and I, I know how I attacked it and how I approached the weekend and, and how it's not just so much of a, a send it or go home mentality now. It's more like, how do I break this down and, and mentally make myself better? What I've noticed about you this year, more so in particular, is you, you will sit back and maybe watch what the guys in front of you are doing and then you pounce on them. You just attack them. Uh, in the past, I think you you would just go for it right away. I think I think we're seeing a smarter, wiser Briar Bauman. Yeah, I'm trying. I uh, I I don't think I can afford those trips through the air fence that much longer. Um, I've done a few <laughs> of those, so I just like I said, it's it's tough now. Like I mean, it's always been tough, obviously, but now we got Sammy on an Indian. We got Jared Vandekoy on an Indian. We got uh brandon robinson's riding so good bronson davis um brian beat me at the last sacramento like it's dude it's hard and then i mean it speaks volumes about how well jared rode uh me's at the at the last three miles but like it is tough so i think that that's kind of it's kind of shaping me and it's kind of helping me too just because sometimes forget that i'm only 26 like i don't have nearly as many laps as a lot of these guys so I'm just trying to learn as much as I can, which I think people take the wrong way because I'm going for my third championship, which is which is obviously the goal. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, hey, I, ideally, I'm going to be here for a really long time. Um, and if I could, you know, learn as much as I can and, and start to get wiser and learn or win using my brain rather than just my, my body, uh, if we can mix those two together, uh, I think it's going to make my career a little bit smoother. Absolutely. Let's talk about Charlotte. Uh, last year, we only got to race there once. We were scheduled to race there twice. You got a third. Jeffrey Carver pulled out the win. Meese was right there in front of you, and you got third. If I remember right, it was one heck of a dogfight between you and Jared. I think Carver was in that in that dogfight for a little while, but uh, are we expecting the same here in a couple of weeks in Charlotte? I surely hope not. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> that was that was a battle. So I remember we had a red flag, and up until the red flag, Jared was leading. I was running second. I had passed Carver, actually, and I was catching Jared pretty quickly and was feeling good. And then uh, a little bit different mindset then than compared to now, but like just being naive, I, I got to the point where I said, I don't care if I win. I just don't want Jared to win. So after the red flag, I started throwing some pretty aggressive block passes on Jared. And then Carver came by, and uh, I said, well, shoot, maybe we get him to check out. I'll just keep doing this. And I would just meet Jared right in the middle of the corner and stop him, and then Jeffrey would get a couple more bike lengths. And, all right, well, there he goes. He's getting further, so let's do it again. And Yeah, it was it was a dogfight. It was probably pretty cool to watch. I felt like I'm sure Jared wasn't super thrilled with the moves, but at the same time, I was just kind of sending it. So. Yeah, I like I said. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a good race. Um, but if I had, if I had a choice, I'd love to pull out like one of those Briar Briar Bauman 2020 half mile wins by like 12 seconds. But we haven't seen very many of those lately. I think we went something like 39 laps last last year. Do you think it's going to be this this long this year? I mean, I think the I think they're shortening it up a little bit, don't you? Uh, they've they've actually cut our time down, right? I think yeah. it was 12 yeah, minutes plus two laps last year. Yeah, I'm dude. I don't even know, but I, I'm pretty sure that we all agreed or not agreed, but it was it was messed with because, dude, we were out there for a long time and the track. Like, right. Of course, it was a Charlotte we've never seen before. It, 
basically rained the whole Friday the night before. And then like, it was, dude, it was so hooked up. I've never been there and, and the track been so fast. And so basically just ride as hard as you can. I mean, I think in years past, I pulled like one tear off the whole day and I went through like 26 in the main event. It was so, it was wild. It was so different, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Let's back up to California. It looked like you got to go spend some time with your family and friends. How 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 cool is that to finally get to do so? You haven't been to California for a little while. How good was it to catch up with your family? It was good. It was really, really good. Honestly, I got I, I, so got in the day before, and uh, we met up with Max Whale on our way out to Selena. So we flew in Thursday, got there like Thursday at noon. And it was funny because we went to my grandma's house who passed away back in 2017. My parents still own it. And we roll in and, and it was like clockwork. Like all of a sudden we're upstairs and we hear the door open and Max is like, who's here? He freaks out a little bit. And I'm like, ah, just wait. Here comes one friend. They come up, they just sit on the couch. And we haven't done that since like 2019 or 2018 even. And it was like things had never changed. So a lot of peace of mind just from just having that on Thursday. And, and like, I think we hung out till 1030 or 11 Thursday night and, and uh, and Max was like, that was so cool, man. We just all hung out. I'm like, dude, that was every night when I was here. So, uh, and then the following week, obviously had a had a good weekend in Sacramento, but kind of a mental mentally straining weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, I was able to meet up with more family members and go have lunch and and just kind of we went golfing. But just just get a chance to see people you don't get to see all the time. And it just uh, it means more than you know when all you think about is racing all the time. It's good just to get away, honestly. Right on. One more question. Uh, not too long ago, you and Shana announced your new merchandise line. Tell us how we, how we can find the, the BB1 merchandise and the, and the Shana Texter Bauman merchandise. Yeah, shop Um We've uh, been pretty good with sales, actually. We've uh, been shipping stuff out. And when I say we, Shana's been on the uh, the shipping department. So if anything's late, make sure you leave a nasty review. Um, but let me tell you, she gets fired up when her, her notification goes off when someone orders something off shop Texter Bauman. So if you uh, if you guys want to see Shay get fired up, order something midday. She texts her phone at the track. She's gonna be fired up. So all right, yeah. sounds good. I think I'll do that in Charlotte. Hey man, thanks for your time. You're our first guest, our hundredth guest, and now our two hundredth guest. And uh, let's keep it going. Let's keep it rolling, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck in Charlotte. Yep. Thanks. Wow, that's awesome. That's good that's stuff, cool. dude. That's uh, it's cool yeah. that he gave us the time for sure hell of an interview a nice little deal right there man yeah i got curious and went and looked up the results from charlotte last year we did go 39 laps which is a lot um and i don't think it was boring at all and like he said in the interview the track got extra rain the night before Mm -hmm. we rained out and it was fast jeffrey carver went around them both him and meese were putting on one heck of a battle kind of block passing each other maybe riding defensively instead of offensively. Um, but I, I can't wait for this, you know, this Charlotte, um, it's going to be different. There's going to be four classes. You got the Royal infields running. You also have the super hooligan series, the singles, the production twins. And look at that five classes. I can't even count <laughs> five classes and the super twins. So there'll be five classes running. I mean, I know some of them will finish earlier on. I'm expecting the track to go through a lot of changes throughout the day. I don't know who that's going to help more, Briar or Jared. And, uh, you know, both of them have some smart guys in their corner. And, uh, man, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, 39 laps last time, it's not going to be quite that long. They did go 12 minutes plus two laps last time we were there. 
Well, you can definitely tell the downtime uh, with family spent uh, there in California helped. He seems cool as a cucumber, man, with, uh, you know, and he's not, he's definitely not holding back, pretty vocal about his feelings about the breaks uh, in between these races. But, I mean, it's, it's especially this, this one's got to be tough to go through, uh, you know, this far out with, with a four-point difference in that championship battle. Uh, looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, and uh, what's up? Yeah, I was going to say, especially sitting in second. Now that he he's led the points, you know, probably since around Joliet, I think, is when he took all the points lead. Mm-hmm. Now he's in second. So now he has to sit here and think about it for 26 days. Right now, it doesn't seem like it's bothering him. Maybe when he gets to the track, it might be. But, you know, when, when you put your helmet on, you just know that he needs to go out there and beat Meese. Mm-hmm. And I think Meese knows the exact same thing. He has to go out there and beat Briar. So it's, it's, good. It's, it's a battle amongst all of them. But really, it's amongst two. Yeah. Well, and if you, uh, if anybody has any extra time, we go back and try to find that race and watch that. That was a that was a pretty epic was... little battle that they had last year. So if this year is anything close to that, it's going to be pretty pretty interesting to watch. Um, so yeah, that, and that's that's only the first half of our interviews. We actually have a second half as well. Who else are we talking to, Mister Dubes? Well, I think we need to talk to the guy that took over the points lead. He's won four races in a row. He's won seven this year so far. I'm talking about the jammer, Jared Meese. What's up? Six time, five time, soon to be more time. I mean, I don't even know how to introduce this guy. Jared Meese, what's up, man? How are you guys? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I got to know where are you at now. I mean, you, you go back and forth between Michigan and Florida. So where's Meese at now? Uh, Michigan. I usually stay in Michigan pretty much fully in the summertime. Uh, and the plan plan always seemed to be, you know, as the last race wound down there towards the east, southeast coast there, we'd always migrate that way, hit the race, and then head on, I guess you can call it home now. So going to go to Charlotte and from Charlotte go to Florida. I got you. So have you taken are you accustomed to Florida now? I mean, you've been down there for a few years. Uh, are you a Floridian? Are you are you still a you know are you from Pennsylvania, Michigan? I mean, you're from all over the place. No, I'm a Floridian now. I don't like the cold like at all. So uh, <laughs> I like I like the heat. I like Florida. Uh, we live in a town called Sebastian. It's a pretty small town, um, south of like the Melbourne, Florida airport, uh, a little north of Vero Beach. Seems like everybody kind of knows Vero Beach, but yeah. So no, we like it there. Uh, I like the heat. And uh, like the atmosphere, it's pretty laid back. What are you doing to occupy your time? It's a 26-day break since Sacramento before Charlotte. What does Jared Meese do in that time? This year, it seems like I'm, I uh, sold my house actually up here in Michigan at the end of last year. And I bought another one and remodeled it uh, through the winter of last year into the spring of this year and summer. And you know how it is. There's there's always something to, to be going with it. So uh you know keeping up on the training program as always but mainly just focused on trying to patch up the little projects and whatnot here before i head to florida in a couple weeks and um just got my new security cameras in so i'm gonna hang those things up and doing some stuff in the garage and just little odds and ends and i'm actually uh lining up some stuff uh to get done on the house while i'm gone with some friends and whatnot so that's uh, keeping my mind on, uh, I guess, my mind off the, the last race of the year. And, uh, you know, I'm always active and going. And I got rental houses and stuff up here and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I've been busy putting stuff together even for Springfield already for, for next year. Wow. 
Well, that's what was my next subject. I was going to ask you about Springfield. Are you ready to take over that monster? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We came in uh, about three or four days early of the Springfield Mile of uh, this year and just try to learn the ropes and, learn and, and meet all the employees and as many people as we could. And uh, Nicole worked side by side with Tamara like the day of the race and kind of understood how she did things versus how she does things in Lima. So uh, we got, you know, as accustomed as we can with it. And, uh, you know, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to definitely be as good as it always was, we hope, and going to try to spice it up a little bit with some things. So should be good. Can you drop any secrets? Like, is it going to be a doubleheader weekend? Are you going to have two weekends or do you even know yet? Or can you tell us yet? It's definitely going to be a doubleheader Labor Day weekend like it's been. Um, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I'd like to try to spice it up in the future of doing like a Saturday night band, like after the first Saturday night mile, uh, have a band up on that big stage and just try to, you know, make it more of a happening type of thing. So I think it'll be good. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll help you in one second. I'm on the phone. You want to say hi? Hi, Hayden. Hi, hi. Hayden. How hi. are you? Good. Say, so I'm getting ready to take a Good. bath, huh? Get ready to take a bath. Oh, right on. It's good to bath see you. Yeah. Okay, let me finish up. Okay, just stay quiet, okay? She said no. Okay. She said no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, what we're planning on doing. I got you. So, Graham wants me to let you know that she has reserved seats at Springfield and she's had them withstanding with Dave and Tomer. She wants to make sure that she gets the same seats. Is that all right? Yeah, we'll take care of that. <laughs> all right. So let, let's go back to, uh, I think she's she's coming for Kristen's job, right? That's what she's going for? Yeah, that seems to be the, uh, the act she's after, that's for sure. <laughs> she sang the whole national anthem for me just to show she can. And she nailed it, dude. She's, she's, she's going to be a singer or an announcer or something. Yeah, she's. Uh, I think we're gonna try to get her to sing the national anthem at uh, Lima next year. See how good she does. She's missing a couple couple words here and there, but she's doing good. Let's talk about Sacramento a little bit. Uh, I, I guess one thing that that I was surprised for is your wife was the grand marshal, and then she took a few laps on a pinked out uh, Indian. Uh, what was going through your mind while she was doing that? I mean, did you did you get to watch that? I know you're in race mode at that point, but did you get to watch that and enjoy that at all? Yeah, I did. I mean, uh, she looked, uh, man, she looked really good. I mean, the first couple laps, you know, I told her to take it real slow. And, uh, you, you know, you notice some of the riders, like other riders, like Brandon, for example, Robinson, he gets a lot of head shake on, on his Indian, and sometimes Sammy does. And every once in a while, sometimes I will. So I was a little bit cautious with her with that. Believe it or not, it's not the bike. It's actually the rider sitting on it, the weight bias of how it's balanced. So it's not it's technically... Like, I'm not trying to blame Brandon as a rider. It's his problem. It's just his weight bias, the way he gets over the front and how it, I think, loads the front more than the rear. And me, I'm smaller and shorter. But obviously, Sammy, he's got problems with it, too. So I maybe it's a lot, I think a lot of it is set up, too, and whatnot. So I was a little bit worried, you know, her jumping on this thing and her being, you know, what, 40 pounds or 30 pounds lighter than me or something like that and it shaking. And it didn't shake at all for her. So that was awesome. Right. So uh, she, you know, kind of came up to speed a little bit there at the end and she was all done. So, yeah, I guess we was a little nervous about it maybe shaking on her. But, um, yeah, I mean, with that being said, like even Brian rode the same exact bike the uh, the next day 
and he had some problems with it shaking with him, you know, on it. So it just kind of goes to show you that the shake problem isn't really the bike. It's more the rider and the weight bias of the rider on the bike. And and just where you sit and Robinson's a taller rider, just weight distribution's a huge thing, right? Just the way you tuck. I mean, you could, uh, you know, some guys grab the handlebar, some grab, some guys grab the fork tube, the gas tank, just the way the air kind of uh, dirties around you and uh, can shake. Um, and you know, most, most of the time when you get into a shake, it, it continues to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse through the straightaway. So, you know, you come out of the corner and a lot of times too, like, uh, Sacramento was bad on the back straightaway is, uh, you come down the back straightaway and there's a lot of groove marks from like when they graded the track and your tires will get in those. So you have your back tire and one and your front tire and one to the right or one to the left. And then it upsets the, the, the chassis a lot because the wheels are not in line anymore. So uh, that always is a problem too. But fortunately for me, my bike mainly goes pretty pretty straight, so that's good. So I know you wanted to come on off the groove to announce that Nicole will be your new teammate for 2022. Is that is that official? Can we just go ahead and throw it out there now? Yeah, it's official. No, <laughs> no, not a chance, man. I mean, I know, I know, uh, we'd like to see her back out there, but who? I don't know if I could race again. <laughs> You'd have to retire and take care of Hayden exactly dude so you mentioned smith riding that bike that was the pinked out bike they they made some changes and that's the bike that that brian rode on on sunday out there yeah it was he was too scared to run it as in the pink trim <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think i think it was a touch of class for for one for you letting him ride your back up to the backup bike i heard it's the half mile bike but uh, and then, and then the victory lap. So, just talk about what it's meant throughout the years to be racing against, you know, uh, another another guy that you you raced, you know, from little bikes all the way through, you know, your championships together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, when I moved to Michigan, we became really good friends, and um, you know, he's actually the guy that really got me in like the rental home game, and uh, you know, he's actually three years older than me, but. Uh, we were tight and then, you know, we started getting in those big heated championship battles and race battles week in and week out. And we were just, uh, you know, living in the same town and, you know, walking in and out of the same places sometimes, some days, you know, and, uh, you know, we just got the tension of the, of the championship battle and he wanted, he wanted, uh, he wanted as bad as me and just, you know, kind of friendship a little bit clashed. And then, um, the last I don't know, three or four years, we've seemed to, you know, kind of doing things more together and riding a lot of mountain bikes. And then the last couple of years, we've, you know, really gotten uh, back tight again and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I mean, you know, even last year when he was on the Harley thing and struggling and him and I were talking about it, I was just like, man, what about this? And what about that? And we try that and try this. And you know what I mean? Like just you know, I wanted to see him do good. You know what I mean? Cause I know like, I know Brian good when, when he's on good machinery, he's fast and he's always been a thorn on my side to win races and championships. And so I wanted to see him do good as a friend. And then, you know, the Harley thing didn't work out really that well. And, uh, then this year he was just, Hey, I'm going to do a, a farewell year and run a few miles. And, you know, he, uh, him and Ricky built the, uh, that chassis for the Indian and, Personally, I just feel like it was a big lack of testing on 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 the bike. Uh, they never really really tested it. They just, you know, cold turkey came out and rode it, and then they had to add all that weight to the bike, mm-hmm. and all that weight affected their bike more than it did, say, my bike because hell, my bike was already 
15, 20 pounds heavier than there was. So I only had to add, you know, 12 pounds, 15 pounds max where he, uh, or no, I'd add like eight pounds or something, 10 pounds, whatever it was. And he had to add like a full 25, 30. So I think that affected it a lot personally. And then, uh, he struggled, you know, with Springfield and struggled the first night at Sacramento and, he uh, reached out to me the morning of uh, the Sacramento 2 and said, what's the story with the bike? And I said, I got to make a couple calls. And uh, everybody said, cool, let him ride it. And the rest is basically history. history. Yeah. We know what, no, what that, happens then. That was awesome. So he's been the mile master. And I, I don't know if that's a fair nickname because he's won at other tracks too. But it seems like now you've taken over that. You're, you, you won every mile just a few years ago. You've won four miles in a row. So is it... Is it the experience of racing the miles that's put you out there on top? Is it the equipment? Is it you just know what place to be in? I mean, it seems like the last few, you just checked out. Like, you know, the first day at Springfield, kind of like you played with them. And then from there on out, you just decided, I don't need to draft with anybody. Just walk away from them. So what, what is it? Are you are you now the mile master? I mean, uh, I guess it would appear that way. But, I mean, I don't want to, you know, take – you know, Brian, uh, I will say Brian's taught me a ton on the miles. I mean, not, you know, uh, not really intentionally, just uh, riding behind him for so many years on the Cowie and me on the Harley and seeing how he did things out there. And, you know, Brian was good at putting people where he wanted them to be. And that's the deal on miles, mainly Springfield, uh, because of the drafting wars. It's a game of chess and you you're, you know, you, you do this so that they move there. And, you know, there's ways of putting people in certain ways and <laughs> in certain positions. So he was good at that. And, and I didn't know that I was following though his traps half the damn time, you know, until I went back and watched <laughs> the videos. And I mean, I was on the Harley, so I was like, you know, a little bit underpowered in some ways, in some ways it was good things in the corners, but you know, the way he moved down the straightaway here or moved me up there, it allowed this to happen. It was just like, you, you gotta, I just try to put myself in his shoes when I was watching those videos, you know, and just learned a lot. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I think it makes it, uh, and I'm not trying to cut anybody and put anybody down, but the guys that I'm racing against with the exception of Brian and Sammy, they're all really young, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, when I watch a lot of the videos now, I'm just like shaking my head and watching these guys come off the, you know, they go through the corner. One goes faster through the corner than the other. And they come out on the, the straightaways and they're three wide. And it's just like, guys, right. you cannot do that, you know? And uh, I think what helped me also was riding the Harleys for so long because there were a lot of momentum. Um, you couldn't come off the uh, corner right on, right, right behind somebody or right on the back wheel of somebody. Cause it wasn't going to do you any good. And so I think the Indians kind of, let you uh i guess you know let you be more aggressive you ride a little bit different because they accelerate a little bit faster but i think learning on the harleys back in the day was helpful for me because you got to keep momentum you can't have the wheels you know stepped out um so i think that's why you see me excel and yeah got a great package i mean kenny tolbert's my mechanic he's got uh lots of race wins and championships and my bikes run good and they put the power to the ground where they need to be. And also too, like, you know, Springfield one Springfield one to Springfield two was the same bike, almost the same setup. And I got to give a big shout out to Jimmy Wood and Olin's because I believe one of the reasons why we walked, I walked away from them on day two. And then also Sacramento 
was Jimmy just got that thing more glued down. You know, it wasn't like from Springfield one to Springfield two, Kenny went and added 15 horsepower or something like all we did was got the bike better hooked up. And, um, to be honest with you, we actually took power away in some areas to get that. So, you know, it's about getting the power to ground as everybody always has said, but man, Jimmy and Olin's had that thing really glued down on Sunday there at Springfield. And it was awesome to be that dominant because, you know, you don't see that very much at Springfield. And I could have came back the next day and had a drafting game again, you know. So to say that I did it one time, like some of the greats, is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And and just, to, you know, like you just put in words, suspension on a on a fairly flat track, a round track, you wouldn't think that suspension would be that big of a factor, but obviously it was. So uh, you've had a heck of a year so far, seven wins so far, four in a row, 13 podiums. Uh, five mission challenges. You have 60 career wins now. So we have one race that stands between you and your next championship. You are four points ahead of Briar going into the last race. Uh, what is your mindset going into Charlotte? You beat him there last time we were there last year. We only raced there once. Uh, you got second. He got third. It was one heck of a dogfight. Carver went around both of you because you guys were playing defense against each other, it kind of seemed like. So uh, what are your thoughts going to Charlotte? Well, I mean, I, the way I look at it with the, the point spread from first to second being five and me only being four, you know, I look at it almost as we're going in dead tide. Um, so I got to beat him just like he needs to beat me. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, the only thing that benefits the four points, if, if, if it, you know, he gets second and I get third. But, you know, as good as Briar's been riding the last three years and, of course, all season, um, you know, I don't look at really too many people uh beating him or myself honestly i mean there's definitely some guys that can do it halbert brandon jared vandekoy has been doing really well I'm not saying it can't happen but i think the determination that him and i are going to go in there with i think it's going to be a battle for the win have you been riding during this time off are you going to ride at all before you get down to charlotte or like we at the start of this when we start talking your mind's doing other things to keep you occupied so do you stay away from the motorcycles right now or do you just wait until you get to charlotte or or what's going on no, I ride. It's part of my training program. Um, so I definitely make sure that that gets done daily and uh, just having fun with that. You know, obviously, everybody knows that my um, my, uh, you know, injury in the beginning of the year was a was a big setback for me. So, you know, getting back in the mix there the last six weeks, eight weeks, I would say uh, getting back to my normal training program has been really key. And I think that's really what has helped me turn the corner, you know, basically from weeds point on, weeds port on to, uh, to be able to get back to how I feel like I should have been riding. So, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, I'll still be on the bike and, and getting it done there. Don't really ride a whole lot of flat track, but, uh, you know, motor motocrossing and cross training that way is also helpful. Dude, I just want to say thanks for your time. It's building up to be one heck of a battle at Charlotte and good luck to you. And, and, yeah, my hat's off to you. 60 Grand National victories is incredible. You're closing in on Chris Carr. I don't know how much left is in, in, in your tank, but I can't wait to watch that unfold. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, like I said, at the beginning of this year when I was leg was propped up with staples in my <laughs> knee, man, I was like, you know, didn't think this was even going to be possible to be a threat to win the championship at the end of the year. So, you know, all in all, win, lose, or draw, I really feel like it was a successful season. But, uh, you know, as I said before, I want to win this damn thing. Absolutely. Hey, man, thanks for the time. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right, guys. Have a good one. Later. Later. There it is, man. 
Wow. How about that? It's so cool. It's so cool that we can reach out to, you know, these two guys and they, they take time out of their day to talk to us as we're building up the anticipation for the Charlotte half mile. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. And same, like within an hour, we could talk to both of them. It was crazy. Um, same day. It was nuts. Uh, appreciate the time from both of them. Great interviews from both guys. If I wasn't hype enough for it already, man, that got me pretty hype. And I honestly don't know who I'm pulling for. I, I think whoever does get the win and wins the championship deserves it. Because, I mean, with everything Mies has been through, uh, with mm-hmm. Briar already winning two championships and going through everything, he, he's, you know, done battle through the points battle this year. If, if he wins it, like... He, he earned it three times, right? Like, it's going to be fun to watch. What, what I liked about Mies is he was very candid about some things about how rider position on the motorcycle can affect head shake. He was talking yeah. about Nicole, but at the same time, he also mentioned it happened to B-Rob. And B-Rob really had it more so at Springfield than he did at Sacramento. I don't know the reason for that, but it's just a lot of it's the positioning on the motorcycle. And, and he went through a lot better than I could describe it. But just listening to him talk about stuff like that. And giving all the credit or a lot of the credit to Jimmy Wood and Olin's suspension for his performance on day number two of Springfield. It was night and day difference, so much so that that bike got protested. They <laughs> tore it all the way down. It was legit. Kenny Tolbert had to put that bike back together. That was the bike that he rode at Sacramento. So, um, and, and just, just to think about suspension on a mile, you wouldn't even think you would need any suspension, but it made the, it made the big difference. So if, if, you know, if everybody has the same suspension, then it wouldn't be a big thing. But evidently, they found something. Yeah. And and something that worked on that particular day. Maybe it was different than the day before because uh, obviously the track changed, you know, because all the rain on Saturday made the track a certain way for Sunday. And then they made it a, d- a little bit different for, for Monday's race. But, um, you know, it's just it's incredible. And that's why we race this sport and just people finding things. It's, it's people that you have in your corner that you can rely on. Kenny, whether it's Kenny Tolbert, whether it's your suspension guy, Jimmy Wood, whether it's whomever. Uh, but I love how candid both of those guys were. They're both champions. They're both going down in the history books. Um, and, you know, to me, Mies has already cemented himself into the Hall of Fame. I think Breyer's on the way, too. I mean, and he's he's just 26. You know, he's still a youngster. Insane. He's still a youngster, but but he he's riding so well so i think it's going to be between those two for the race win which ultimately will decide the championship and that's why we race you know so uh it was awesome to have both those guys on the podcast and uh, we got one one more little tease before we're gonna step away from here yeah dude. and this one this one's been exciting you 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 kind of brought this to my attention and we've we both follow this young lady yeah and um i you know and you thought and i thought that she deserved her little uh spot in the limelight so you want to tease that video right now absolutely we uh, chatted with a little a little chat with morgan monroe earlier today check it out number 10 jay in your program number one in your heart morgan monroe what's happening Hi, Scotty. It's so good to see you again. So good to talk to you again. I feel like it's been a long time, which I guess it has, but um, just working on Morgan's Place. We've been to a lot of events and we've been um, talking to a lot of people and trying to get the wheels in motion. We're just we're just working on it still so far. A big overview. What is Morgan's Place for those that don't know? Morgan's Place is an outpatient rehabilitation location for people when they get out of the hospital or get out of inpatient care, or if they just want to come to us to, and just dedicate some time um, to recovery. 
we're gonna have a we're gonna have a campground that way people can stay with us if they want to bring their own camper or we plan on having park models for people to be able to stay in and then um have occupational therapists and physical therapists come on location to us until we get, um, you know, like I'm going through occupational therapy school. So until I get my degree or until we have other therapists with us for the plan right now is just to have people come, um, come on location, but do that a couple days a week and then have some like planned activities at the campground that people can, you know, use for therapy too. Cause that was a big thing for me during my recovery was making everything I could into therapy because that's kind of just what it takes. That's, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck with Morgan's place and uh, our listeners will, uh, we'll try to get as many people to go check it out at morgansplace.org as possible. And again, thank you so much for your time. I'm very proud of you. Uh, you're, you're awesome to watch on the racetrack, and you sound like you're doing so well. How about that, Dave? Man, so good to see her, her smiley face, and she sounds like she's doing great. I'm, yeah. I'm so impressed with her recovery. Uh, I know it's been a while, but she's doing great, and she's doing great things now that she's graduated from college. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys that podcast next week because we've already recorded it. We know what it's all about, but it, it's it's really cool. It's really special. Amazing story. Uh, and I, I think it's just kind of beginning, man, with with everything she's doing with uh, Morgan's Place. I think it's going to be really special what she's, what she's got going there. And I, she's just getting started with that. So uh, it'd be cool to, to get everybody to know her, her backstory if they don't already and uh, and see what cool stuff she's building there with Morgan's Place. So. Yeah, man, I, I, a hell of a day, man. I, 200th episode. Like, I don't think we could ask for a better episode there for 200. Well, well, you knocked out of the park. I didn't do a whole lot. You just uh, you did all the videos and got them all lined up, and yeah. and uh, you you were all the, the hard work behind the scenes. So thanks for everything you did, Carter. Absolutely, dude. Well, I think uh, we can call that one kind of a a success. I don't know. I think so. We did from so. beginning to end. We did a show, and it didn't like completely like go up in flames it worked not yet not yet it hasn't i mean i'll take my hands off oh yeah wait <laughs> hey before we go what are you doing this weekend what are you uh, doing this weekend little, we always uh, talk about it nothing too crazy this weekend man i'm uh kind of getting ready for uh charlotte dude doing, getting some stuff prepared organized for left out having some fun with that uh we need to yeah. catch up you me and sammy here soon talk through all that so yeah. uh we'll make that happen here soon but uh yeah man got a lot of cool things around the corner so uh, this was pretty cool, so we'll have to maybe do something along the lines of like a video or something down the line with, with more stuff. I don't know, but I hope and the patrons liked it. hope everybody liked it. looks like Tracy Jones liked it. Look at that's that. That's what I was getting ready to say. I hope the patrons really liked it. Something special for them coming out the night before. We'll drop the uh, normal podcast like normal on Friday. Uh, that will be audio only, and we'll put this uh, somewhere on our Instagram TV, possibly our YouTube and Facebook, you know, all over the socials. We're just but, playing uh, around. Thanks to all our listeners. Testing the thanks waters. Thanks to all our listeners. Thanks to all of our followers. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends about the podcast. We made it to 200. Our next goal is 300. Mm-hmm.